in order my friends uh order uh, uh what come to order come to uh, order. Uh, order all rise all rise for judging the judge this is episode one of judging <laughs> episode one of one episode one of one uh this of course is griffin and david presents what has now been revealed uh, american horror story style to be an anthology series it, this is a real this is an american horror story what we're doing this tonight. is american horror story colon the judge um, this is Judging the Judge. We're going to discuss the movie The Judge. Uh, I'm Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. Uh, so this was, this was you know, we we did 10 episodes, uh, 11, 11 if you count 11 the bonus, episodes. the commentary yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. which thank you to everyone who listened. I have no idea why. Have you listened yet? Have you listened back? I tried. It was <laughs> so, <laughs> so trying. Listening to us just sort of ramble to each other in a hot room. Yeah, there's a point where you try to get me to... Tell you how much money I'm making. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like I was like, come minutes. on, come on. How much money do you make? <laughs> it's a terrible piece of content. It's that awful. was great. That was one of my better ideas. Come uh, on. What are you making? What are you making yeah. weekly? But thank you to everyone who uh, listened and and hashtagged in. I have yep. no idea why. You're all crazy. A uh, f- funny sidebar story. Uh, I I did a I had a comedy show last night. Yep. And guess who came? Was in the audience. Robert Duvall. My old friend Molly from middle school. All right. And in one of my jokes, I invoke the name of someone else we went to middle school with. And she was like, that was really funny when you used her name. And I was like, thank you. And she's like, thank God you don't make any jokes about me. And I was like, well, don't listen to episode 11. Poor Molly. Molly, now I feel Molly bad. of Cody and Molly fan. And, how, and how's she doing? She's doing great. That's good. Uh, she's my oldest friend. I haven't seen her in a while, but she's I've known her since I was like two or three. You you doxed her, as they say, on that, on that episode. Hey, basically. no last name. For That's all you true. know, it's That's Molly true. Sims, your sister. Molly Isn't Molly Sims like a... An model. actress? Yeah, model. Yeah, yeah. We're clearly was she av- the one who was on Las Vegas? Yes. Yeah, right. We're clearly avoiding talking about the movie that we've selected today <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, so, so uh, Griffin David you presents- you selected. I'm going to say I that you selected, because I had never seen this film Fans before. demanded it. You remember all those emails That's we true. got. Fans yeah, demanded it. That's true. We were inundated. It's, it's not like I just pushed this thing up a hill. <laughs> People wanted it so badly. Star Wars Episode One, one of the 10 highest grossing films of all time. What do you follow that up with? I, the judge? Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. next Oscar obvious. nominated. Yeah. Two hour, 22 minute drama from yeah. 2014. Yeah. David Dobkins, The Judge. Nominated for one Academy Award. One Academy which Award. Which we'll get to. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, we, uh, you know, recently discovered that there was a sequel to Star Wars, Episode 2. Oh, so, Judging the I Judge keep was. Forgetting about it. I know. Uh, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the That's Clones. Next week, guys. That's next week. You guys want to hear about Attack of the Clones? Tune in next. Tune in next week. Now you're stuck with us talking about the Judge. 
Uh, we're gonna do ten episodes on the judge, and now it's just one because we gotta get to, we gotta get to attack of the clown. We did have ten episodes planned. I mean, there's there's enough time in the judge to do ten episodes worth. Yeah, I don't think I don't know about material, but there is time, literal time in this movie. Yeah, my greater concern is we only have so many listeners we can afford to hemorrhage per episode. Yeah, yeah, that's like, very you can true. imagine if we do judging the judge every episode, we'll lose another fifteen loyal listeners. Yeah, right, because the commentary already that already cut into things. Right, I bet. so yeah. it would leave us with negative. Two 2,000 listeners. Uh, We'd be paying robots to listen to our show. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. in in the end zone. Um, Okay, uh, the judge. Uh, El judge. El judge. Uh, Judging the judge. so yeah, we said why did how did we get on the is it just because I made a Robert Duvall joke in the first episode of this podcast? I think so, and I was like, you gotta see this fucking movie. It's yeah. insane. You don't understand how crazy it is. Just to, I just wait, yeah. just to start the judge twenty four. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is one of my favorite actors. I have a huge soft spot for him. Same here. Always have. Same here. I think I you know when I was a kid and he was on Ally McBeal, like I just loved him. You know I've I'm always eat a bagel while you say that. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, just just unwrap it as much as possible right yeah. next to the microphone. Yeah. No, yeah, tell yeah, me yeah, about yeah. this. Your is, l- sounds like love a, of uh, Bobby. I love RDJ. Love RDJ. And uh, this, I am a film and television critic for the Atlantic. I am invited to press screenings of all major releases. I was invited to see The Judge. Robert Downey Jr. is the star of it, and he never makes movies anymore. He makes Marvel movies and like nothing else, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, I check that the running time is an hour, and, uh, sorry, it's 145 minutes basically, and I uh, refuse to go. So that was my experience of the judge before last night. Um, <laughs> you are covered in scallion cream cheese right now. It's disgusting. My mustache has made my love of bagels and cream cheese very difficult. <laughs> Because now I just always got, it looks like I got semen in my face. Um, Griffin has a, a big bushy mustache for the uh, role he's currently playing on HBO's Rock and Roll. Salary undisclosed. <laughs> um, I had a similar experience to you. I love Robert Downey Jr. Love him. When did you fall in love with Robert? I really do think it was uh, Ally, Mc, Ally McBeal for me. Because I was I was a little too young for his first wave. Yeah, you know. Yeah, his. no. I, I the moment I remember really falling in love with him was weirdly because it's a small part, but Bowfinger. Oh, he's great in Bowfinger. Ah, that's true. That's when he was mired in the in the uh, drug use and yeah. the personal problems, like Bowfinger, Wonder Boys. He's giving these really fun supporting performances, but yeah, he's just not figured his life out yet. Putting a lot of spice on the side dish, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I loved him in Bowfinger, too. I love that movie. Yeah, I just remember, because I uh, he was so much a part of the news, and I was, like, a kid who, like, wants to know the fucking pop culture right. stuff and make easy jokes about it. Yeah, me too. So, like, the meme was just, like, this guy's a disaster. He's yeah. gonna die. He's showing up on lawns. He's doing crazy shit. Whatever. Right. Um, And I remember seeing him in that movie and, like, being prepared to, like, make jokes about how bad and drugged out he was sure. to get easy laughs out of my parents. And then I was like, oh, this guy's really good. He is really I can't good. reconcile that with the the cultural narrative that is being presented. He right was now. someone I think, you know, and still is someone with just such bottomless charm mm-hmm. on screen that like he just holds the camera really well, no matter like what crappy part or what crappy yeah. lines he has. And that's even at his lowest points. I mean, I remember his Inside the Actors Studio episode. Uh, he talks very openly about like the waves of his addiction right. and, and how it coincided. With When's that episode? Things. When what, when in his career is that episode? I want to say it's maybe like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay, Which so is he's a like masterpiece and one of my favorite movies on the mend, but hasn't become arguably yeah, he hasn't become the, star the biggest he... movie star in the world. No, yeah, for sure. If you ask me, I would say that I think he's probably the highest paid movie star right now. Yeah, and I think yeah. the most bankable. If you ask me yeah. to, to anoint the well, king and queen of Hollywood, make a lot of money. 
Who? But the judge didn't do very well. Well, this is what we're getting to. Yeah, yeah. Go, if, you, go on. if you ask me, the King and Queen of Hollywood are, are, are Downey Jr. and Jennifer Lawrence. I feel like they're the two people who are at the top of the heap, mm. you know? Um, right now. Really yeah. have the public in the palm of their hands. Right. They've got big franchises. Yeah, you're talking people. They're in franchises. They're big movie stars. And respected very likable. Yes, yeah, but exactly. also respected, serious actors. Yeah, 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 they're not yeah. just movie stars. It's like Lawrence has an Oscar. And, and this is getting to our big point here. Right. Downey RDJ Jr. nominated twice is viewed as an inevitable. You think so? I think if his, he made some more movies, he would. Be. Yeah, his first Oscar comes when he's what twenty four. His nomination, you mean for Chaplin? Yes, yeah. his first nomination. He's very young. Yeah, in Chaplin, and and that's when he was being touted as this like, whoa, look at this guy. He's this like is a, the next big guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, What's he? In? You know, he's in like Air America. He's in Less Than Zero. He's well, yeah, in, he did the whole run of teen films. I mean, he's got yes. a supporting part in Weird Science. He was on SNL for a season. Yeah, so I mean, you know, quick backstory, but uh, his father is Robert like Robert Downey, notorious sort of like countercultural, yeah. uh, a Gonzo uh, comedy satire. Everyone should filmmaker. see Putney Swope. It's an incredible movie. My dad's favorite movie of all time. It's such a good movie. Um, it's it's an awesome, awesome movie, and he's a great guy. Also, he's also out of his mind. Notoriously a lunatic, right? Yeah. right? And Diane Jr. was the product of, of that man and a French ingenue who he fell in love with and cast in a lot of his films. Mm. Um, and grew up in a household where he was surrounded by all these sort of like countercultural, um, uh, fuck the man, right. uh, we don't need to play by the rules. I'm sounding like such a grandpa describing this. Uh, artists, right? And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. In California, surrounded by these sorts of people um, who were obsessive in their work. Yeah. I think he was kind of ignored a little. Sure, and he, I think he started using drugs at a very young age, he said. His yeah. first on-screen performance, I think, was in Robert Downey Sr.'s Pound when he was like four or five. Okay. And his first line is, what, you don't think I got hair in my balls? And it was like, I think that says a lot about his relationship to his father. Is like He had to be in his dad's movie saying a thing that was inappropriate for a kid like that. Right. I think he said he first smoked pot when he was like seven or so, eight. Yeah, it's something like that. It was just like lying around. I think right. that was the... Yeah. yeah, he was like... I think he said some guy literally handed him, like, yeah, do you want to try boy. this? Yeah. And so, like, he was very much the product of his surroundings. All this stuff was available to him. He saw these adults using these things in recreational ways, you know, inhibiting, unleashing the full potential of their creativity. There was no stigma around doing this, and he very much was a gateway drug for him, and he very quickly went fully spinning out of control. So even by the time he's, like, 17, 18, and he's in Lesson Zero, which was a big performance that put him on the map, playing a dude who is— And the pickup artist, same year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is like you know a a brilliant, charismatic, wise beyond his years young man who is clearly falling prey to his own self destructive vices. You know who right. like may not make it. Um, there's already life imitating art and vice versa. I think there's a right. narrative Even from a young age in Hollywood of like oh, but this is where does it end? Where does it begin? He's the second youngest cast member in SNL ever. He and right. Anthony Michael Hall get on. He does one season on the show. Right, and then he, yeah, he he's pretty quickly a movie star. Air America, like yeah. I said, uh, Soap Dish, Chaplin, Shortcuts, you know, uh, Natural Born Killers. He's like, doing, yeah. he's doing Altman film, everything. But Chaplin's a big one. You're playing Charlie Chaplin. That's a one, that's yeah. a huge. And he kicks ass. In that that's movie. a tall order. You're gonna you're gonna play Charlie Chaplin. You're gonna yeah. have to recreate Chaplin bits. He does it beautifully. I mean, the physicality is insane in that movie. Yeah, it's not a good movie, though. It's not a good movie. It's no. a very aggressively mediocre movie. Yeah, I mean, it's a Richard Attenborough kind of. Yeah. It's anyway. super bland. Yeah. But he gives a great performance, and everyone goes, Jesus Christ, yeah, how did this guy, kid pull it off? Right, yeah. He's the guy. He's the guy of the generation. Right. And proceeds to, you know, they kind of try to push him into a movie star. He does some romantic comedies. None of them really work. He's falling more and more prey to his addiction like home issues. Home for the holidays, yeah. Yeah, home for holidays, which on that episode of Inside the Actor Studio, 
he refers to as the most relaxed performance in the history of film because of how much heroin he was on. Jesus. It's crazy he's still alive. And he said, like, Jodie Foster would come in and be like, I know that no one calls you out on this because you're still able, able to deliver, but I will not let you behave this way. Wow. And was like, he's like, is it affecting my performance? And mm-hmm. she's like, no, it's not. And he's like, then what's the fucking problem? He sounds like a really nice guy, too. Was really, you know, struggling. I really like Two Girls and a Guy, too. Yeah. Remember that movie? It's not a good movie, but it's kind of a fun movie. And, J- Jimmy yeah. Toback, who... Yeah, yeah, uh, who's out of his, also out of his mind. The most Tobackian filmmaker. Do you know that yeah. James Toback in interviews will say, I think it's probably the most purely Tobackian of my films. <laughs> anyway, uh, his career basically spirals for years and years and years. Yes. Like, he, he, he keeps, like, he's in U.S. Marshals. He's in The Gingerbread Man. He's in both, you know, like, he keeps right. having these kind of cool supporting roles. Yeah. But at the same time, right, he's, like, he's out of his mind. Okay. He gets on Alan McBeal. It's right. supposed to be, like, here's a saving grace. So he blew it as a movie star. At this point, doing TV is very much considered a lesser art form. Yeah, it's You true. don't cross the Rio Grande line. If you punch up to TV, you don't get to go back down. You know? Yeah. And uh, he goes back to TV. But on the fourth season of Ally McBeal, this is not even like a, you know, he, he's dropping into an established yeah. show. But they tailor make this role oh, for him. He's so good. And he destroys it. Which is funny because, again, he talks about it. He's like, I was just out of my mind. I don't know what yeah. I was doing. On Like, he, he has no memory of, like, being good on that show. And it was supposed to be like, he's going to prove himself. He's going to show up on time every day on a TV show, which right. is long hours, hard work. I know I'm getting paid an undisclosed amount to do it. You know, it's it's a very demanding situation. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, have to yeah, it's yeah. open end. You're gonna do nine months a year and then maybe then yeah, no, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. And uh at the time because like a movie star had not gone down to TV, there weren't that many instances of it. Um like th- a lot of critics were like, This is the best performance in the history yeah, of television. People, people were all over. They were I mean, hyperbolic. He is good in it. Yeah, but people were like, This is he we've never the, seen this quality of work on television. Right. He won a Golden Globe, he got yeah. nominated for an Emmy, right. yada yada yada. Right. He did a very nice job. But and then, he's fired by the end of that season. Right, yeah. Because he, he, he can't he doesn't show up or whatever, and yeah, they fire yeah. him. Now there's a big turning point. Early, I, I think the 2000s, 2002, 2003, maybe. Rob Dine Jr. is given like a Hail Mary pass. He finally sobers up. Right. Gets it together. And you can read all about that. I mean, I think yeah. he's talked about it a lot. We're not going to go into it. But yeah, he finally, I think he goes to rehab. It takes, he meets a woman, I think, who well, helps this is keep the him point. on the straight and narrow. No, not yet. This uh, That's what I want to build up to here. He, okay. he gets on the straight and narrow first. He sort of finds new focuses in life, becomes very health crazed spiritually. Right, makes the scene detective. Yes. I think that's uh, his first kind of like uh, back in the world. And that was Mel Gibson, a man who clearly has similar struggles. Went to bat for him. They had done Air America together. And he said, No one else will hire you. No one else will insure you. Because that's a big thing with a movie. If you're yeah, going to be the lead be character. Yes, he was uninsurable. They, they need to take out an insurance bond to prove that the actor is not going to die before you're filming. Because then right. you throw away the whole movie. Right. Or in the case of Fast and Furious 7, Furious 7, you spend uh, like an additional $80 million. Worth it. CGI. Worth every penny. Right. Now, they got that from... The insurance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it was a, a belabored thing. Yeah. Um, he can't get insured. Right. Mel Gibson puts up the insurance bond because he believes this guy needs a chance, but the movie doesn't do very well. No one... Not a bad movie, but... He's great. Have you seen the, the Gambon? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go on. At this point, and he's, he's in kind Gothica, of... same situation. Well, that's the one, David. Right. Gothica's weirdly the turning point, okay? Not a good movie. A terrible film. Yeah. Uh, also, Matt... I think he was also a struggle to insure, right? Well, you, you But that was his say. first, like... Big studio, sort of back on the straight and narrow. Right. He has a small part. Right. He fought really hard to get it. Right. On that film, there's a woman 
producing it, whose last name I don't right. remember. Susan Susan something. something. She marries him. She is, was Joel Silver, heavyweight Hollywood producer, producer of uh, the Die Hard films. The Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah. Um, tons uh, of Predator. Movies. Right. Uh, tons of stuff. Hudsucker Proxy, one of my favorite films of all time. Um, but he's mostly a big action director, and he's starting to do more producer. sort of horror. Producer. Yeah, sorry. More more horror genre, low budget stuff when that's starting to hit big. Gothka, Halle Berry put in it. They give him this small role. The the legend goes that this woman, Susan, who was originally his assistant, moves up to being a producing partner with him, is on the set with him, and one day turns to Downey Jr. and says, I don't get it. Why aren't you the biggest star in the world? Right. And he was like, well, I've always struggled, and this that, and that. Yeah. And, you know, and she goes, but you're, you got it together now. I mean, it feels like you really got it together. It's not a temporary thing. And he's like, I don't know how to do it. And she makes it her life's mission to make Robert Downey Jr. the star she believes he was always intended to be. Right. They also fall in love. It's quite a story. She becomes Susan Downey, which yep. is why we don't remember her last name. Susan Downey PGA. She's in yes. the credits of the judge. Yeah. And she very quickly gets Joel Silver to... Um, is it Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Yes, is which is produced by Joel Silver, written by Shane Black, who made. wrote some of Joel Silver's yeah. biggest wrote hits. like uh, Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, Lock, all those, Lock, right. Good night, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he gets in. That's a big thing because now he's the leading man in a yeah, film. Yeah. It doesn't do tremendous business, but no. it's really well loved. It is a critical hit, and it is, yeah, it's basically a calling card. It's and like, hey, remember Robert Downey Jr.? He's so fucking charming. And he can carry this Ugh, shit. He's I've, so funny, so charming, he's so in control. I recently just, watched the movie for the 80th time, and it's incredible. Oozing star power. And now we're in a slightly older Downey Jr. He's a little salt and peppery, and he's... Um, showing the battle scars. He seems like yeah, a man who's yeah, been through right, some stuff right, and it right, makes right. him more interesting. And he's playing a sort of career criminal and who's now getting a second chance. He starts doing roles along those lines, yep. like uh, Good Night, Good Luck, and mm-hmm. The Guide to Recognizing Your Saints in the Scanner Darkly, and Zodiac, these roles of slightly weathered guys who uh, like are kind of clinging on a little bit, you know, like rather than uh, sort of breezing through things. He's using his life experience and my mouthful of bagel mm, gross. to... To tap into like a sort of previously unseen, but also retaining his original like super mm-hmm. charm. Yeah, and I would argue, you know, to to paraphrase F. Scott Fitzgerald, the, there's oh, yeah, no second ahead. acts in American Lives. Sure, he's playing characters who are struggling to define a second act, yeah. who want a second act. It's true, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Uh, true, the Shaggy Dog. Just kidding, I haven't seen the Shaggy Dog. He's actually great in it. Okay, he's genuinely phenomenal in it. Right, but he's starting to establish a second act. Yeah. It's like maybe he's just going to be a really solid, you know, secondary actor in big movies, and family like movies, dramas, and he'll be the lead, lead and yeah. he'll play it. And then, John Favreau. Yeah, we kind of know the rest. Right. Yeah. Goes, this is the guy. Marvel right. goes, no way, it's not even a conversation. I wonder who else would have even been considered for Tony Stark, because like, you kind of, do you know? I know Sam Rockwell was, was very seriously talked about. That's interesting. He, he wouldn't be good. Not as good. No. There's some other people I love I Sam Rockwell, but he's not. Yeah. Sam Rockwell, I know, was very high up on the list, I mean, which is why they wrote him that part in the second No, one. right. But when yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is was cast as Iron Man, I was just instantly, especially because Iron Man is this character in the comics who has struggled yeah. with drinking and his like excess. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly right. Yes. And I have a very distinct memory. My father... Um, Saying, hey, did you hear that? RDJ, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is playing 
was it, what was it, Iron Man? And I went, yeah. And he went, they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, huh? Wow. And my dad's assessment, it was, if that's the biggest guy they can get, right. the movie is a, a predetermined flop. Right. Whereas I think my assessment went, and I had heard Marvel was And also my dad didn't Iron know Man. who that character was. Right, he right. was, who is this fucking- Yeah, no one yeah. had heard of Iron Man. And I, I, I heard that, and I was like, they made the creatively- appropriate decision. That's crazy. Right. I, I hope like, it doesn't blow up in their faces. It, you know, it, the approach for superhero movies has always been like, who's hot? Ben yeah. Affleck? Okay, he can be Daredevil. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, no no thought of, like, the character he might be playing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Favreau goes to bat for him, sells him really hard, because this is the only guy, he does, like, 20 screen tests, and Marvel finally right. relents. He gets paid less than any other actor in the film. Terrence the, Howard got three Terrence times Howard as much as him. highest paid actor in that movie. Which, which is, is why he didn't do the second movie, because yeah. he then demanded the same proportionate raise for the second <laughs> one. And they were like, go suck two turds. Yep. Um, but he's back, baby. RDJ. And, and in a way that has, uh, you know, rarely happens anymore. And Overnight, l- over a weekend, he goes from... Oh, that guy, Rob Downey Jr., who I've seen some stuff over the years who's in that movie Iron Man that looks cool to, like, America's favorite movie right. star. And Overnight, then, he's undeniably a huge A-list Let's not movie. forget the same year he does have Tropic Thunder. Yes. He's the breakout of that movie. He gets an Oscar nomination for right. it. I mean, it like, couldn't have played out any better. Yeah, and then after that, he basically doesn't make uh, a ton of movies. He, so he, he makes, immediately vaults to superstardom. He makes The Soloist, which I think he might have shot before That was in the, the can. Iron that Man. was originally supposed yeah. to come out before Iron Man. They pushed it back so it could receive the bump of him being which a bigger deal. Um, that movie's terrible. He's good and it's a bad movie. He, he does he's good work. okay in it. He does good work. Yeah. Um, Sherlock Holmes, which is produced by The Silver Company. This baby yep. is so fucking good. Yep. Uh, the Silver Company and his wife, they said, now that you're a proven box office star, let's make a franchise for you where we can benefit from it. Right. Two movies kill at the box office. Yep. So he's now like a franchise mm-hmm. guy. Um, Iron I think, Man 2 is next. I mean, massive. Terrible movie, but massive. Yep. Then Due Date. Which I love. I haven't seen it, honestly. I think <laughs> I think is a secret masterpiece. Mm, I'm not sure about that. I would love to do an episode about Due Date okay. as well. Um, um, I think it's brilliant. But it did pretty well, Due Date. And then Sherlock Holmes 2, Avengers, Iron Man 3 the judge like he literally just right. stops making movies that aren't marvel movies right so he he only is pretty much doing his two franchises it's, yeah from yeah. the moment after iron man comes out because like soloist and tropic thunder were in the can right um he experienced the boost from the two of them but from the moment the movies he signs on to after that point are just marvel movies sherlock holmes and the two exceptions the outliers are due date and the judge due date is directed by todd phillips coming straight off of the hangover He's very much in the get out yeah, of jail yeah, free sure. card position. And it's Galifianakis, uh, right. you know, right off the hangover, too. Yeah. And the interesting sort of thesis question that Todd Phillips said he was interested in making due date was he went, It's so weird that Downey Jr. is now this beloved as an American star because he's so odd and he's so prickly. Right. That he went, I want to try to experiment with how far I can push Downey Jr. in a film and still have audiences like him. And the whole movie is like an exercise in like, the subtext unlikable. of the usual Downey Jr. performances. Because he was doing this very odd, playing dark characters, yeah. and suddenly those characters are dropped into big movies that kids love. Right. And he's still, like, they play it as a little more fun. Yeah. And if you really think about it, you're like, this guy's a mess. Yeah. And Due Date is just acknowledging how much of a mess he is and being like, you still like him? Do you still like him? And you do the whole time. It's a real test of him as a movie star. The movie does well yeah. financially. It's okay. It's not liked critically. And I think that pushes him even further away from trying to experiment outside these things. The Marvel movies play him so well. Yep. At this point, he's 50 years old. There are yeah. only so many more years he's going to get to do this stuff. So I think there's this part of him that's like, I became a movie star to this degree, very late. I want to ride this out as hard as I can, doing dramas. I, I can always go back and do that. Right. 
uh, was recently uh, sort of lambasted in the press for yeah, he was saying he didn't want to do independent films. I don't want to make shitty indie movies anymore. But, but Which, he did so many for so he long. He did a lot. And also, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I remember defending him to my boss when she was like, this is rude. And I'm like, he knows he can't be on an indie movie. Like, yeah. he obviously operates under very strict sort of control of like, I want to be in like a very uh, comfortable Hollywood environment when I'm making these movies because like that's the time when I am at my most kind of vulnerable. I'd say, I really yes. that yeah yeah and it also is like a thing I think you can't speak to unless you've you know you've done the job, but the the environment I done the, job. the environment really I'm not saying you can't speak to it. No but no I'm you, saying, no I can't. I immediately understood everything he was saying. Oh sure yeah. as someone who mostly does tiny shitty indies by people who are unprofessional and don't know what they're doing. Right. I'm happy to do any work I can. But I also see the couple of times I've gotten to be on bigger stuff, how much easier it is to work when the everything is planned out properly and the circumstances sure. are correct and there's room for error to be corrected Yeah. rather than just like, oh, can you also hold this light while you're in the scene because our light guy has pneumonia? Okay, but the judge. The judge. Our key question that we're trying to answer today, ben this episode's going to be six and a half hours long. Our key question that we're going to answer today, now that we've set up the Downey Jr. narrative. Sure. Why would he make the judge? Yeah, why did he make the judge? Why did he make the judge? This is his first film as a producer. He sets up a first look deal at Warner Brothers to bring them properties. Yeah. He drops out of a bunch of big movies. He was yeah, going to be was the Clooney be... part in Gravity. And in, and he was going to be the Franco part in Oz the Great and Powerful. He was going to play Joaquin Phoenix's role in Inherent Vice. In Inherent Vice. Oh, he would have been so good. So that's an interesting mix of like two like guaranteed blockbusters. I wish he had made all of those movies. One guaranteed like classic from an auteur, yeah. you know? Yeah. And he drops out of all of them. He's really just sticking the Marvel thing. He's getting Warner Brothers to acquire properties to him for him. Hey, I want this book. I want to reboot this thing. Yeah, um, he has. A, he wants to make the the Black Mirror episode about um, uh, the memory implant, the thing that yeah, you know, the camera in your brain. Anyway, and there was some old series of detective novels that he wants to make as a franchise. Right. Now. RDJ, he's, do this shit. Do he's it. bringing tons of properties to them. Yeah, but none of them are getting off the gate. Not because he doesn't want to, they, but I whatever. think it's him choosing. I really want to do this. And his first step forward, his first film as a producer with his new team, Downey Banner, is. The judge. Why would a man who could get any film he wants made at this point in time yep. make this film? Yeah, it is like the the crappiest like 1994 like kind of Oscar Beatty. How, how do you, how else do you describe the judge? It's just like it's like treacle. It's like toxic treacle. It's it's a ham fisted, um, sort of like cliche laden, overwrought. Yeah. Desperate, over long, overcast, mm-hmm. overacted, mm-hmm. overdirected, overbageled, um, <sighs> desperate plea, underlit for, for Oscars, right? Yeah. Seemingly the only reason, because look, maybe he thought my power's so big right now, I want to test it if I can make mass audiences flock to an adult character drama, which is not a bankable genre anymore. Sure, right? at least people keep telling. And I think did the judge do actually? I actually have no idea. It how didn't it do did. very well. No. I mean, I don't think it lost money. I think it was made for a budget. He did it for less than his usual films. Yeah, right. But still, I mean, wasn't. he's making fifty million bucks in every Avengers movie. Right. He doesn't really. Yeah, it was not a hit by any conventional metric. You know, I don't think it was a a big like. It came out in what, like September or October. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and it did. You know, uh, boring business. It and was made forty seven million dollars domestically on a fifty million dollar budget, and so, it made eighty three worldwide, which is pretty bad. Yeah. Like, it made almost no money outside of the U.S. Yeah. I'd argue, I mean, those numbers are astounding for how bad the film is and how uninteresting You're saying it it's looked. amazing the movie made that much money? It yeah. opened at number five, though, at the box office. That's pretty terrible. Yeah. In ag- October. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But we were talking earlier Behind about, Behind Dracula like, Untold. 
Men Which is not a film that actually existed and no one saw it. I've seen it. How uh, was it? Phenomenal. Okay. Uh, Charles Dance deserves an Oscar nomination. But you know, behind the second weekend of Annabelle, this movie opened. Yeah. Um, we were talking right before this about Men, Women, and Children. Uh, which was yeah. your least favorite film oh, of last year, I, the same I year that The really, Judge came out. I really despise that movie. That film features Adam Sandler, Jennifer Garner, a couple of big deal movie stars, Ansel Elgort, who was popping in a major way because of Fallen Our Stars, Jason Reitman, director nominated for, for four Academy Awards across his first three films. Is that right? I mean, between he, he producing, writing, direct, and directing. Yeah, you're right. Nominated for directing Juno and then three nominations for Up in the Air. Yeah. Um, Oof. He might have gotten a screenplay nom for Thank You for Smoking, too, no, maybe? He didn't. No, he didn't? Okay. But four, four nominations, and that film ended up at, I think, 840000 Sure, right. Nobody saw that. Under a million dollars. Right. Most people don't even know it existed. Yep. Worldwide, negligible. Yeah. I'm saying Judge is a similar level of overly earnest big stars doing a Vanity Project catastrophe. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. And for I the Judge to make $80 million is not something that's going to make Warner Brothers or Robert Downey Jr. happy, but in hindsight, it's like, it's like it is a test of his star power that he even got that much out of it. And also, I'm sure it's the kind of movie that people rent, right? Like, isn't yeah, that the it's idea? Doing it's crazy numbers it's, on it's like sort of a, yeah, it's a cable movie. Yeah. But why would he do this film? Because I genuinely think Robert Downey Jr. thought he was going to win the Oscar. You, you think so? You think Robert Downey Jr. read this script? That's the question I now pose 40 minutes into this episode Jesus to try Christ. to answer. I think it's 30, but yeah. To try to answer. I think, and we'll debate this and track it with an answer, did Robert Downey Jr. think he was going to win the Oscar? Because what other reason would he have to make this film? He produced it. It's, no, I know he what you're started, saying. He had yeah, two right. chances to win an Oscar, and I think he thought it was it. There was an interview he did a couple years ago where they talked to him about does he feel, you know, bad that, it, you know, he's been spending all this time doing these blockbusters, yeah, he's right. missing on serious He's parts. not going to win an Oscar for Iron Man. Iron Man. As much and as he, he went, might deserve it. And he went, well, for me, it's just an inevitable. And they went, really? And he went, look, I've been doing this for so long. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm capable of. I'm doing these parts right now, but it's not something that I'm worried about because I'm very confident that someday I will get the part that will show everyone, and it, it's just a matter of time. Okay, so you think he is literally scanning the horizon for this part? Yeah, I think he goes, okay, I'm going to see the script where I know I can knock it out of the park. Yeah. I have immense visibility now, so no one's going to ignore the movie. If I'm delivering and the movie works, I will get nominated and I can win. This movie is so bad, though. All right, Horrendous, so let's talk but that's about why he made it. Okay, so let's yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about the movie now. Okay. It's so bad. It's so bad. It begins with him pissing on a man. This is the opening of the film. This film is ostensibly a drama. Yeah. Not a comedy. No, it's a drama. It has maybe 3% comedic elements, and it, all I mean, of them are misjudged. Yes, misjudging the judged. Misjudging uh, the judged. Right, and all of them are basically just Robert Downey Jr. kind of doing his, like, you know, funny guy thing. Like, anytime the movie is, like, a little bit light, it's just him trying to be, you know, it's just Robert Downey Jr. Go on. Or potentially fucking his daughter, which we'll get to in a oh, second. We'll get there. But yeah, the opening of the film, David Crumholtz, the great Dave Crumholtz. Yeah, the great, ever chubbier David Crumholtz. Looking real bloated. Yeah, they're like, I, I don't know if they dressed him in like a suit that was like eight times too big or something, but David Crumholtz, Crumholtz looks terrible. I think they- I would sue my agent. I think they stuck a bicycle pump in his neck before each take <laughs> and gave it a few little up and downs. I love David Crumholtz, by the way. It just sucks. Yeah. But the opening scene, they are rival lawyers. Is it in L.A.? I can't even tell. Is it Chicago? I think so. One of those places that's so superficial where it's all fucking live, 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 money, 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 business, business. He he lives in Highland Park. He says that to Crumholtz because he's like, I have a fucking perfect wife and I fuck my wife and she looks incredible. And uh, I think it is is Chicago. The idea is that he is a a morally bankrupt, um, uh, sort of duplicitous uh, 
success-driven lawyer who takes on cases defending clients yeah. who he knows are guilty. Right. He's just a uh, yeah, bottom-line lawyer. Yeah, he doesn't this, care about the yeah. uh, whatever, uh, you know, free, you know, what, what's the word? Uh, justice. Is, yes. You know, yeah. he's, he's really manipulating uh, morality. Around it's so lame though. Who gives a shit? Who gives a and shit? And the movie spends no time on it too. It's like, yeah. How do you feel like you know your clients are always guilty? And he's like, I feel fine. I don't yeah, care. And, I, and then, I drive my car and fuck my whatever. And, are, and like, yeah. yeah. And are we supposed to be like, um, oh god, this guy's really like at the bottom of his. Bar- he really needs he's to figure such it denial. out. He yeah. never really seems that stressed out. No, about he seems his like life. he's killing it the whole movie. Yeah. He seems so, totally level. In this opening scene, he pisses all over David Krumholtz. David Krumholtz is like, do you really think this man's innocent? And he's like, innocent men can't afford me. And Which, then, like, that also doesn't make any sense. Sure yeah. they can. Yeah. I mean, does the he just ones, mean, yeah. like, evil people, I guess, are rich? I, you know. Or are they willing to spend the money because yeah. they know he's the only one who Who can will. get them off, right. right. He's he's this renowned trial lawyer. He's great on the cross-exam. Yeah. Like, right, you know, that's... He's at a urinal, and he turns around to say something to him and, and just literally just pees on him. Yeah, Krumholtz is complaining about something. Minute three of the movie, it's a drama. Robert Downey Jr., an adult male, is peeing on another adult male. And the yeah. guy's like, oh, sorry, did I pee on you? No, like, that it's was like, a mistake. <laughs> insert shot of urine on shoes, on, like, polished yeah. black dress right, shoes. Right, right, And you're like, what the, f- already, what the fuck is this movie? Because well, it's shot in this might, very Tony well, way. It's shot by Janusz Kaminski, who's a great director of photography. Steven Spielberg's regular, has he's, shot he's, every Steven Spielberg it's film. Actually, it's quite, quite nicely shot. Like, I mean, the man's a master of light and shadow, and like it's the used all the time. Light. It's always these pools of light yeah. coming through the window. It's I, dramatic. It's great, but I have yeah. no idea why he's... You know what? 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 If he and the con- and director David Dobkin, if they had a conversation, I don't know what it was because I don't know why he's shooting the movie so serious. And quick sidebar: David Dobkin had this oh, idea, yeah, apparently this based film. on experiences with his father in elder years. Is that right? Pitched it know. to some writers. They wrote it for him. Pitched it basically to the writer of Gran Torino. Uh huh. Sent it around. Downey Jr. saw it. I think connected with the Oscar potential, and we'll get in a second. Maybe perhaps some of the father issues in the yeah, film. Sure, yeah, maybe. And the past demons that the character is dealing with, and brings it to Warner Brothers. They give it a go ahead. Dobkin's filmography up until that point is starts out with Clay Pigeons. Yeah, indie sort of comedy drama with Vince Vaughn. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah. Then he makes Shanghai Nights, the sequel to Shanghai Noon, which. It's is a bad. masterpiece. The, Shanghai, Shanghai Noon's great. Yeah. Nights is a catastrophe. So yeah. It's a, a super tonally misjudged film. Um, when Shanghai Noon gets it just right. Yeah, Shanghai Noon's great. And Shanghai Noon, for perspective, is from the director who then went on to direct Failure to Launch and Marmaduke. So, like, it's not like this is like, you know, yeah, oh, he's got to take the reins over. It's, you know. What, what, right. It's what, a cute yeah. script and it's not a Jaws good chemistry two. between it's but like, whatever. Right. We didn't need yeah. another Shanghai Noon, really, anyway. I did. I was really asking I'm for sorry. it. I would pray for it every night before I went to sleep. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, why can't this franchise be Rush Hour 2? That's what I would say. Uh, Rush Hour, comma, T-O-O. Um, then he makes Wedding Crashers. Sure, which is a monster hit, even though it's a garbage, overlong, a horrible, bloated, terrible misogynistic, film. Fucking like, yeah, come at me, bro. It's the worst. It's uh, not funny, Wedding Crashers is and it's terrible. ugly. It's, it's really, ugly. Yeah, it hates it's gay ugly people. It hates women. It only likes cool bros who fuck chicks. Pretty much. And it's not funny, and it's way too long. It's also like it's two hours really and 15 long. minutes. It is very well shot, though. I will say it looks nice. Interesting. I didn't, don't really remember how well it's, it is. Okay. It's very well shot. Yeah. Um, then he makes- Fred Claus. I mean, a catastrophe. Yep. Vince Vaughn is Santa Claus's brother. Santa Claus, played by Paul Giamatti, the Jewiest goy <laughs> in the world. 
I know he's not, but you can't. No, yeah, sure. I know what you're saying. It's the most Jewish. Well, I think they were just like, we need a fat guy. Who's a yeah. fat guy? But he's literally and going like, like sideways. I, I, I'm like, trying to bring presents to the kids. <laughs> like he's, it's such a neurotic Santa Claus. <laughs> sure. Ludacris plays an elf. They filmed a yeah, little person. Plays an yeah, they, oh, they filmed a little, little person and, like and then superimposed Ludacris's head so his neck never moves properly. Uh, John Michael Higgins plays another elf, has a love affair with Elizabeth Banks. Okay. Murderers are of talent. Kathy Bates, Academy he Award gets winner. Good actors. Miranda Richardson, Academy Award nominee. Okay, moving on from Fred Claus. Did he, he make anything between He made Fred the change up, which also blows <laughs> That's so movie, hard. Another movie about peeing. Yeah. Where Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds pee into a fountain and lightning hits it and they change bodies. And then he makes the judge. So at this point, his filmography is mostly Crappy ugly, comedies. misjudged yes. comedies yeah, yeah. that have regressive uh, social politics. Fair enough. <laughs> and relationships in them. And he goes, hey, this is my personal film. Right. I'm ready to make a Tony drama with Janusz Kaminski mm. and heavy-duty big deal actors. Mm. And page four is peeing on another guy. <laughs> like, immediately, he's up to his old fucking shenanigans. He loves peeing. It raises the question, would the judge be better if it was more of a comedy? And I don't think there's a version of the judge that's good, but I wonder if the judge yeah. would be better if it, it would, took itself less seriously. There is no doubt that the judge would be better if you cut literally 45 minutes from it and lightened it up. I, like, way up. You know, if you made the relationship between him and his dad similarly strained, but in a more kind of like, hey, fuck you, you know, like... Not this, like, they're so mad at each other and you do not know why. Like, I know you kind of are told why, but, like, it doesn't make any sense. And if Robert Downey Jr. was just allowed to be funny the whole time and Duvall was allowed to be funnier mm-hmm. and there was no cancer, mm-hmm. got to get rid of the cancer. Uh-huh. Um, then the movie would be okay. It's also that thing you're saying. And you also don't... way more of the did I fuck my daughter. Yeah. Way okay. more okay, of that. Okay, so let's get to this. He's doing the case, and then he gets a call. Yeah, he gets a call uh, in the middle of the case. His mother dies. He goes, can we phone go. this trial? Right, yeah. Which would never happen. It would never happen. Never, ever happen. Never happen. No, yeah, that, that, that whole thing is weird. But he's so slick. He's such a fucking snake oil salesman. He can charm anybody. Even if they hate him, they go, oh, God damn it, you got it your way. Goes back home to his daughter. In a, He's divorced. Oh, yeah, he goes to his, or he's getting divorced. He's married to Sarah Lancaster. Yeah. Um, who's and his, like complaining that she's sad i don't know but she had an affair or something like yeah she's not allowed to be particularly sympathetic no she's got a ton of money in their house is unbelievable yeah and he's like i'm taking my fucking daughter you know like and she's like i'm sad you suck you're a shitty you work all the time or what you know like we we're getting a little more like rote exposition like this guy's kind of uh you know divorced from uh, everything but his job but the immediate takeaway from the scene of him uh, he and his ex-wife interacting is that both of them are garbage people oh yeah they're terrible both of them are piece of garbage human beings and they have this awful daughter <laughs> oh my god a jake lloyd level oh, performance it's, you can it's, hear yeah. the dad reading the lines it's, to her. it's like she's supposed to be like precocious and level-headed or whatever and you just want to strangle her it's awful but big information revealed is that she did not know that her grandfather was alive oh yeah right going back home to see strange she's like isn't he dead and he's like no he's he's just dead to me he's dead to me right okay so now you know he's from some podunk town in indiana where his dad is the local judge yeah who everyone calls the judge yep so he Everyone back. literally just calls him Judge. Judge. Like, how you doing, yeah. Judge? Yeah. My name is Judge. <laughs> I um, can't stop thinking about it. I know, the whole time. Yeah, I know. Uh, it would have improved the film. Yeah. Um, every time they open a magazine in the yeah. film, my, name, my is name is Judge. Judge. 
he goes to his town. He's got a nice car. He's like, oh boy, god damn it! Like he's making a bunch of snarky asides to himself under his breath while he's driving through the town, being right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. back in hell. This and that. Goes and home. He, t- he gives some monologue. Everyone yeah. wants to leave. No one wants to stay. Uh, that, you know, whatever. Yeah. Funeral service. His Funeral, dad. His mom is dead. Played by the legendary Bob Deval. Sure. Is immediately very cold to him. Right. He's, he's got- basically like, thanks for coming. See you yeah. later. Oh, so how you doing? And he's nice got two brothers. You. He's got a brother played by Jeremy Strong, who's uh-huh. like uh, maybe a little slow. He's always got a Super 8 camera. He seems a little touched. You he's know, he's got, uh, I'd say, like, like a, a Forrest Gump, Rain Man Yeah, disease. kind of maybe some sort of, it's a completely unspecified, yeah. uh, like there's no investment in like what's going on with him, but he's like, he's a little funny, you know? I, he's I would a call strange. it, the term I'd like to coin now is convenient retardation. Oh, it's so fucking It's annoying. just enough retardation to get weird things happening on screen. But also not too much that he's not functional. And then you've got Vincent D'Onofrio, who I think gives the best performance in the film. I'm going to counter that with a performance I want to get to in a second. Okay, fine. But I think D'Onofrio's good as his kind of washed up, fat, former athlete of a brother who I think was maybe the golden boy, but now he's... Yeah, and just feels like a sad, broken man, but with a really good big heart. Yeah, I guess so. He's really not a character. No, but he's trying to hold the family together, right? They go to this funeral, everything's tense. Uh, Sidebar for D'Onofrio here for a second, because it's the thing that you and I are both obsessed with. We both love um, credits. Yeah, We love, uh, because it's getting the politics of who gets what billing, what ranking, who's above the title, who gets separate title cards in the trailer. All that sort of stuff is fascinating to us. We are obsessed with the and or the with. The with, featuring. Yeah, those things. Because all those are intense negotiations that you go through to get those kinds of things. And so we love breaking those down. Uh, the judge has one of the most tragic um, uh, occurrences that can happen in the world of it's separate tough. title cards and trailers. The judge is really trying to present itself as an Oscar movie. In the yep. trailer? In the trailer. Academy Award nominee, Robert Downey Jr. Sure. And they show the shot of Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Academy Award nominee. Robert Duvall. And they show him and he's No, no, stern. winner. 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 Two-time winner. Yeah. One time. Just the one time? Tender Mercies. That's it. Yeah, he didn't yeah. win for the but Apostle. he's looking stern. Yeah. Academy Award nominee Vera Farmiga. Right, She's smiling, sort of yep. half smirk. Sure, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio. And Academy Award nominee winner, winner. Billy Bob Thornton. Yep. So he's just sandwiched in there. There are five names, and he's the only one who gets nothing. His title Poor card Vinny. looks so it's, naked. It's so sad. There's so little text on it. If I'm his agent, I'm like, no, take him out of the trailer. I'd like, rather he's don't not bill him. in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're making him look shitty. You uh, couldn't even put- And he's a good actor. He's a great actor. <sighs> you don't want to put, like, Emmy nominee in there? Yeah, they don't even want to. he wanna... might be a Golden Globe nominee or something. Anyway. Yeah, he no, might. But... For Law and Order, he must. Yeah, At some point. Know. I can look it up. Um, but he's giving a great performance. It's nice that they put him- yeah, no, Single he, title. he's yeah. pretty good in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, they go to the funeral. Everything's kind of whatever. Dad, he's, uh, you know, acting irascible. He gets in the car. He drives off. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, they get in a fight. At, Does yeah, he drink yeah. at that point or has he not had a drink at no, that point? No, he's not drinking, okay. but um, Downey saw him forget someone's name, his bailiff's name, mm-hmm. in court. And so Downey's like, uh, is something up with him? Interesting. And yeah, we're told Duval's characters are a recovered alcoholic, he insists. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, Downey thinks he might be drinking again. Right, And right. he drives off in a car. Mm-hmm. And, then he, and then he gets arrested for running someone over. The next morning... They yeah. look. The car has weird scratches on it. Sure. I mean, let's let's let's. The move cops show along. up. Yes. And they say, "Your father, who drove this car last night?" Right. And he goes, "It was me." 
And they go, you hit a man. Yeah, you hit a man who you, like, have a personal history with. He's like, what? Don Jr. is like, this is surely a mistake. He's an old man. It was an accident. Why are you trying him for manslaughter? Right. And they said, because the man he hit was blankety blank blank. Generic southern criminal name. Jimmy Jock Jock Jock. And this was a man who was stalking a woman. Right. The case came before Duvall 20 years yeah, earlier, and he gives 30 him years a lenient earlier. sentence, 30 gives him a days, lenient sentence. something like that. He proceeds to, the second he gets out of jail- He kills the woman. He kills the woman. He right. sinks through her window, he kills her. And so he goes in for 20 years. He just got out, apparently. And that night- What does Duvall do? Run him the fuck over. Runs him over. Yep. Kills him. This is an R-rated movie, by the way. They say fuck a lot in this movie. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Nothing else. Like, there's no other R-rated material in this movie. They just say fuck a lot. So here's the central dramatic crux of The Judge. Downey Jr. is ready to leave. I really hate There's this nothing movie. left for him in this town. He's done his due time with his dead mother. You guys know what the mother. crux is. Yeah, he has to defend his dad, his grumpy old piece of shit dad who won't even admit that maybe he did run this guy over. Because I did not. I yeah. Really, yeah. But then why, where were you that night? I don't remember. Why right. can't you remember? I don't know. He's a judge. He's a judge. He's the judge, and now he has to go on trial. He knows how the law works. And, then, yeah. and he's just being like, I don't know. And I don't he, know. And I don't he, hires, he hires Dax Shepard. My favorite character in the film, the best performance in the film. Oh, yeah, he's all right. Yeah. Ben, do you agree, uh, or do you hate it? I no, like I kind of hate it. Really? I like Dax But he, I guess he's he's doing what he can with the part. Dax Shepard's character is like the local like DA yeah, the, in the it, town. Yeah, right. What's his day job? No, he's, he's not also, a DA. He's just a He's guy. a lawyer, but what's his day job? He, he's like, he works at like a pawn shop or something. <laughs> he's like a pawn shop, and yeah. he's got a little office And then upstairs, upstairs, yeah, and he went to like the whatever, you know, Indiana Community College. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I don't know what it yeah. is, but he and his diploma might as well be from like uh, Kinko's or whatever. Dan went to like Harvard Law. He went to Northwestern. Northwestern. It's, 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 I actually like that. It's a reasonably good school, but it's not like he went to the best school in the country. He went to a good law school. He's always yelling at his dad for not even showing up at his graduation. He was never there for him. Which, like, by the way, yeah, like, dick move, Duval. Show up for the graduation at least. I mean, you don't even have to talk to him. Dak Shepard's like, why do you want me? Your son's in the room. Yeah, your son's a good lawyer. lawyer. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I refuse. I won't won't have my son be the lawyer. And he keeps talking about how, like, we just need, like, a good country boy, you know, like a nice boy. Not his fancy city talk. (laughs) This movie is so fucking bad. (laughs) It's the worst. He said, not his fancy city talk. Every piece of, like, dramatic shorthanded employee, every five minutes there's some nonsense like that. Ugh. So instead, he hires Dak Shepard. No, whatever. Let's who's just a man move with it along. Such, no, we got to say the best character detail about him. With a mouthful of bagel, he's a man with such intense stage fright when it comes to performing in court that he vomits extensively every time before. That's true. <laughs> he has to appear in court <laughs> because I think Downey Jr. is like, uh, oh, it's because you, you know, you, you feel like you have a life in your hand. You still care about your clients. Don't yeah. worry, it'll pass. And Downey yeah. Jr.'s like, I sure hope it doesn't pass. Like, you know, and you're, like, really oh, you're a real cynic, Mister Downey. He's anyway. he is for me the TC fourteen of the judge. No, he's he's, he's not the character that good. I want to see the entire film about. No, no, D'Onofrio is better. No, I'm sick of. They this. both should have been nominated. No, they should not have been nominated for anything. We skipped over a huge, huge scene. Okay, first night funeral. Three brothers are bummed out. They go to a bar. Sure, there's a hot young piece behind the bar. Leighton Meester in. I think Leighton Meester is an okay actress, but this is her worst work. Yes, she's she has an accent like someone was like this. 
she it's like she asked someone like where's this movie set the south and, and someone was like huh and she's like great and does a southern accent for reasons I cannot decipher but it's like her research was just going to the country bear jamboree at Disney World 12 times <laughs> well we hear bears gonna sing a song for you she's so bad she's so bad now. anyway yeah she's like oh you boys are sure cute I'm the bartender a bunch of broy guys come in and they're trying to fucking start shit with her and Donnie Jr. talks the guys down he does some crazy like oh actually yeah he's like oh yeah you're gonna hit on her well I'm a lawyer and I bet you guys have priors and they're all like whoa this guy's smart like rapist at 3 o'clock he's making like pithy like comments like that he's essentially doing the fancy city talk right (laughs) oh god and she immediately falls for it and there's a cut there's a time jump to him really making out with Leighton Easter in a phone booth right and the two brothers the one who's conveniently retarded (laughs) and did not feel heart of gold and no other character development are like up to his old tricks. What can you say? The man has a way. Whatever it is, right? Right. But none of them have ever seen this girl before, seemingly. They have no... No, the, they, the they don't, don't seem, Yeah, they, don't, they to... don't say like, oh, that's blah. Right. So I'm going, this is gross. Yeah, it's already gross, because Downey's 50 and Leighton Meester's like 24. And she's playing even younger, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's super gross, and it's you're like, I don't know if they fucked or they're just getting really handsy, but either way, it's way too much. I don't like it. Yeah. At the funeral, the morning of, he goes to a diner, and who's there working there but his... His old flame. His His great boss His high school sweetie. His high school sweetheart, who he left. He didn't show up to the prom, right? I don't know. He left town right after, never came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was the one. She's still there, and he's like, I'm surprised you're still here. And she's like, I'm surprised. Played by like a triple peroxided Vera Farmiga with like way too much eyeshadow, where they're like, let's make her look trashy. Like, she's a... Anyway. But good performance. Solid. You don't I love so. Vera Farmiga, but she's terrible in this I movie. I think it's a solid performance. No. I don't think it's her no, fault. No, she's bad. I don't think it's her fault. But they're catching up, right? And there's I nice think thing- it's her fault. I think it's everyone's fault. Everyone in this movie, it's a little bit their fault. It's Duval's fault, and it's definitely Downey's fault. Yes. Yeah, anyway, go on. Okay, so the, those two pieces are set in place, right? Yeah, and uh, I love Vera Farmiga. He's got this hot side piece in town, right, and there's and he's the got old the old flame. flame. Okay, so now he's still in town, and he refuses to go back home because he's trying to make sure his dad— Yeah, out of some stubbornness. I guess, like, yeah, yeah it's never really explored why he's like, you know what, I'm going to stay, even though apparently all he's ever done is get the hell out of this town. But I guess it makes sense. So there's a lot of plot development in the first 30 minutes that we just set up. And yeah. now the film introduces, like, one big wrinkle, and the film just essentially goes in circles. Are you saying the cancer is the big wrinkle? Yeah. Yeah. They go, why can't he remember? Is he drinking? Yeah, and then you realize, no, no yeah, he has cancer. He has cancer. cancer. It's in oh, his brain. It's like brain cancer, right. Yeah. Right, and he's losing his and memory. He's, he's having chemo, which is having could have the side effects. He's losing his memory. memory. Loss. He refuses to acknowledge it because then all of his trials for like the last six months, as you know, when he was the judge. Longer, be, I think. He's been in yeah, for a little while. Yeah, yeah, would be uh, maybe declared a mistrial because you know, right. he was impaired. And he's this old-fashioned man who admit, goes, right. the legacy is the most important thing a man can have. Yada, I do yada, not yada, want yada. my legacy called into question. I'm going to die. Right. He. Uh, yeah, I might as well die. Who cares if I die in jail, not in jail? Like, I a just murderer. don't want. I just yeah. want to be a good judge. Never cared about being a good dad. He just wants to be a good judge. I really would almost prefer to see a movie where he is the judge. Like, because no, you just see yeah. one brief where he's like, he he gives kind of a Judge Judy type, like, you're going to sell your car back to that guy. Yeah. And that's the judge's ruling. Judge, judge, bang. And you get, like, <laughs> judge, judge. You get, like, oh, this guy's a great judge. Yeah, like, you're I like, would, oh, 
Tough but fair. I would go show up to watch him do it. I would watch a reality show about this folksy judge. And fair, and he gives you kind of life lessons. You can tell why the whole town would love him. But then after that, he doesn't get to be the judge. He just gets to be cranky mean dad and like silent, uh, uh, what's the, uh, accused person. Yes. In court. Um, eventually, you know, uh, Dak Shepard's blowing the case so hard that right. Downey Jr. sort of he like won't object. Downey Jr. is like throwing legal pads his at him. Way yeah. In. Right? Yeah, he's throwing pads <laughs> over his shoulder with things to say. Ken Howard, by the way, plays the judge in this movie. Yeah, uh, the great uh, Ken Howard. Sag after former. President. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess he still is the. I think he's yeah. running for re-election. I, so. yeah, I just read yeah. on the deadline yesterday. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's not good either. I don't like you in this movie, <laughs> Ken Howard. Like, and again, like you kind of wish he would have a little more fun with it, but yeah. instead it's just like objection, and Ken Howard's like. Overruled. Like, there's no, there's no um, it, it, chance to play you around. You know what this, uh, what this movie feels uh, a little like to me. Go ahead. David Dobkin, a man with such crass, base, stupid, ugly comedic instincts. Sure. Really trying to prove that he's a serious, right? Master so he's dialing adult. it too far back. It feels like the way that 13-year-old boys have to act during their bar mitzvah, during the actual service and the Torah portion, where they really have to put on the airs that they are now a man. Right. And then the second, like, the party, they fucking take it off and they put a glow stick around their dick and they're dancing to fucking Flo Rida. And, like, you know, it's like... Yeah, yeah. Did you get bar mitzvah? I didn't, no. I never have had a glow stick around my dick. Um... You, but you know what I'm saying? It's like the kid, it's like, that's not a man. That's a little boy. And he I wants know. to be go poking someone with a stick. And then once in a while, someone pisses on someone's shoes and you're like, right, there he is. He yeah, wants yeah. to have Dak Shepard vomiting. He wants yeah. to do this. But it's like, the bar mitzvah kids, I saw some of the most charismatic 13-year-olds of my generation get up on that stage and be so fucking boring because their their main objective is uh, be serious. Yes. Look serious. Right. And like you're really Hence thinking Janusz about Kaminsky. what you're saying. Yes. yes. And so David Dobkins' direction in the scenes where people aren't peeing or puking yeah. or shitting themselves. This movie has a ton of bodily fluids. That's true. My favorite scene in the movie, we'll get to. Okay. Um is like him going like, but I'm a very serious filmmaker and this is a very serious movie. Which makes it so difficult to watch. Yeah. Also it's really, really overlong. Like you like you say, everything's kind of set up in the first half hour, forty minutes. So of the much movie, in the first thirty minutes, and then it just it just doesn't Goes in go. Circles. You kind of want the movie I wanted is like all this set up, and you're like, fine, and then give me a court case, give me yeah. an exciting court case. Right, Downey Jr.'s locking horns with Billy Bob Thornton, who's playing this like wise guy. Really, really smart, kind of quiet, like shark of a guy. An He's like the Southern Downey Jr. Exactly, but he has morality. Let's see He's them, a shark. Yeah, let's see the match wits. Doesn't yeah. happen. There's almost no court stuff except for the worst scene in the movie, which is the uh, cross examination of Robert Duvall. What do you think of Billy Bob Thornton's performance? I don't know. He's kind of sleepwalking. It's kind of a classic Billy Bob where you're like, I wish you, you know, you're. He's one of the most talented actors of his generation. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think he's kind of phoning it in. At least he's not over the top. He looks amazing. His look in this film is incredible. He's got a really, really. He's super slim. He is. He's gotten really skinny. He's gotten really skinny. He's got his gray wig on. Yep. I uh, prefer him with gray hair. Yep. A goatee. Yep. Um, and like a like Glasses. a really sharp like three piece suit. Yeah. He yeah. just it looks like he looks like it a looks shark. Fine. Yeah. But he doesn't do anything in this movie. He hasn't. It's a terrible character. Yeah. It's underwritten. Yeah. Um, so Dan Jr. becomes part of the case, and he's trying to prove it. And it's this whole battle where he wants the dad to admit if he says that he is undergoing chemo. Right. Then he basically wins because right. impairment. Yeah. But this and that. And the movie's just back and forth, arg- forth arguments about this. <sighs> yeah. And and while they're back home and he's going, why were you never there for me? Why were you this? And the dad goes, why are you a disappointment? Why do you still suck? The brother. Go ahead. 
has obsessively over his life as one of those the magical little ticks. He's got a Super yeah. 8 camera and he films everything. He's constantly filming everything. They go, put that damn camera down. And Don Jr. is like, your camera's fine. But the dad hates I the camera. Hate this movie. And so while they're fighting about things that happened in the past, sometimes yeah. the brother just sets up a projector and plays home videos. It- Eight it's, millimeter films. It's so fucking annoying. And so they're like fighting about something and projected onto their like shirts, and the background behind them is like video of them in, in younger There's days. Children like running around with yeah. cowboy hats on. Yeah. It's also this movie set in 2014. Yeah. 2014. So yeah. Downey Jr. when he was a kid, well, I guess what was it? The 70s. I guess it's like because it, it feels like age- he grew up in like 1948. All the ages in this movie are fucked up too. Because the ball they say at one point is like 72. Right. Like, he's playing, like, 10 years younger than he really is. Right. And Danny Jr. kind of is as well. Danny Jr.'s character should be, like, 40. Yeah, And Duvall should be 70. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Danny Jr.'s character should be 40 at the most, and he's 50, and Duvall's, like, 82. Right. And Duvall has, like... Like, no hair left on his head, but they dye it brown to make him look a little younger. So he's got these, like, wisps that are slicked back just on the sides, and they dye it, like, a deep brown. And it's like, oh, you're right. That makes him look 70 instead of 80. Well, he's, he's in chemo, man. too. So. He's yeah, in chemo. He's, yeah, so he's going to dye those wisps. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, he's an old man. Just let him play an old man. But I really think, um, uh, you know, Duvall and Darren Jr. had done a couple films together. Had they? What's their... Uh... This was a trivia question at the trivia night we used to go, go to. It was The Gingerbread Man Okay. and Lucky You, Robert the Dolphins. Curtis Hansen poker movie. I've never seen that movie. Neither have I. It's supposed to be terrible. He's Wait, Downey Jr. is in Lucky You? Uh, uncredited, I, I believe. Okay. Yes, he is. All right. Uh, Duvall got the and on that film. It's Eric Vanna, Drew Barrymore, and Robert Duvall, and uh, Downey Jr. is uncredited. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Telephone Jack he plays, whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. Um. So clearly the two have some sort of admiration for each other. Sure. I think a big impetus in this film, in doing this film for him was, this is a great part for Duvall. I want to do a film with Duvall. Right. I have my own father issues. I'm fighting with all this stuff. And over the course of the film, it is revealed that the reason there's so much resentment is that Downey Jr. had, as a young man, he's a severe substance abuse. Right. He's, He's high. And he's in a car accident where he's driving, I guess, and D'Onofrio is in the car and he, like, breaks his hand or something. And that means he can't be, like, a pro ball player, which is all Robert Duvall wanted for him. It just, like, you want to throw the, throw the movie out the window. And it's now he's, so hackneyed. Now he's fat and sad. Yeah. Everything in the- Great casting. Poor D'Onofrio. It's like, yeah, we <laughs> yeah. Need, yeah, go ahead. But there, I mean, you're saying everything's so hack. Like, there's literally a moment in this film where the two of them get in a fight and then storm out of a car. They can't deal with each other anymore. Right. And then they cut to a wide shot of the two of them walking in opposite directions sure. on, like, the road. Yep. It's, like, a big wide shot, and it's just like, oh, these men walk different paths in life. Like, every, there's so much, like, fucking heavy-handed, like, visual symbolism of, like, I mean, literally projecting flashbacks that, onto the their bodies. Part. Well, no, well, and also then that scene where it's, like... The camera, the super, you know, the yeah. you know, starts playing, and they're like, "Oh, turn it on." He's like, "No, leave it on." And they watch it, like, "Oh, we were so cute." And then there's footage of like the car, the totaled car, and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, why did and he go like, to turn the scene this of off? The turn this fucking yeah. off! And it's yeah. like, oh my god, anyway. it makes it makes uh, uh, no sense. No, it's and also we already know about that Duval is mad at Robert Downey Jr. for this car accident. Like, yet we need another scene where it's yeah. literally projected, and Robert Downey Jr. starts. I mean, sorry, Duval starts screaming, like, fast forward it. And he's like, I can't, it's film. I can't fast forward film. He's like, yeah. turn the fucking crank <laughs> if you have to. Turn the fucking crank. It's so bad. So their relationship gets worse and worse. Oh, and Duval's cares? health declines more and more. Yeah, yeah. My favorite scene in the movie 
is Steinbrenner goes is the, upstairs. Is it the shower scene? And he shit all over himself. <laughs> Bob Deval has shit all over himself. The great Bob Deval. You don't really see it. It's not. Oh, I would disagree. You think so? Well, there's one. Like there's one key shot I will never forget. There's okay. one image that is permanently burned into my mind. But De- Deval, uh, inarguably one of the finest actors ever to live. I agree. Um, has shit himself, and he's like puttering around. And Danger is like, "It's fine. Let me take care of you." And he like sort of pulls his pants and his underwear down. You see the pants are totally stained with shit. Yeah, I guess. And then yeah, he takes right. the shower head. There's right. like one of those like yes. handle yeah, shower yeah, heads, yeah, yeah. and he starts like hosing him down. And they're very. There's a very clear shot. Of Robert Duvall's wrinkly old man legs, it's like the shot is like from like his lower yeah, thigh. Yeah, no, I get you. To yeah. his feet, and you see the drain of the bathtub, and he's just hosing him down, and you just see shit running down his legs, right. down the drain. Yeah, the and great then, Bob Duvall. And then they're in the shower together for a while, and a Duvall time. is naked, and like you know, again, Don't I just like no, just sort of hug him. Going, I got no okay, beef with okay. you, Bobby, and like I'm glad you want you know. It's that thing where like in a good movie, this would be like a really tough to watch kind of like difficult a brave moment like oh god look at Duval he looks terrible you can tell they think that's what it is sometimes you gotta take a real risk and do a scene that's too tough for people to watch but then they undercut it by having the daughter be outside the bathroom like knocking being like can I come in can I help and they're like no you can't come in you fuck off like it almost turns into like a dumb gay panic thing like it almost turns into like a fucking little Fokker scene (laughs) where like they're naked together in a bathtub and it's like oh no what's she gonna think yeah yeah and like yeah just go away and she and she's like well I wanna help I can't remember what. Oh right, because the anyway. daughter comes to visit, and the grandpa's really nice. To her. Yeah, yeah. Deval's the daughter really comes nice to visit, and Danny Jr.'s like, "No, don't be mad, or don't be freaked out, just because my grand, he's just because grandpa is so scary. Yeah. Don't worry about it." Like, you know, and then, of course, yeah, he's really nice to her. Because I, he only hates you, Downey. Yeah. He likes everyone else. He only hates Downey Jr. And there's a dumb speech at the end where it's like, hey, it's just because you had the most potential. I right. couldn't Who watch you. This and that, right? Okay. Um, now, here's a subplot that we've been burying. Okay. We set up the two women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Farmiga and Meester. Yeah. Right. Then there's the scene where Downey Jr. is... Is, is it when they walk away from the car? Yeah, it's somewhere around there. Or a scene where his bike fucking breaks matter. down. He starts wearing his old Black Sabbath t-shirt, and he's on the bike, and he takes his hands off the handles, and he raises them up in the air, and he's like, woo! And, like, all these, you know, garbage, 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 garbage. One of those scenes where he's on the side of the road for some reason happens a lot in this film... A car pulls out, and it's like, oh, need a ride? Right. And it's Vera Farmiga. Sure. And he gets in, and she goes, hey, have you met? My daughter. And it's fucking Leighton Meester. Sure. So at first- Already a little gross. You're like, oh, weird. He's making out with his sweetheart's daughter. Yes. Like, that's- And then- He starts to investigate the timeline. Yeah. When were you born exactly? Ooh, that was- Eight months after I left town. Yeah, it's like nine months after prom night, like yeah. to be exact. When I left and then never came back and never right. contacted you ever again. Right. So he starts freaking out that he fucked his daughter. Yeah. Although he just has made out with, because he even vocalizes at one point. Okay. He's like, made out with your daughter. We don't know that they had sex. Very, they definitely made out. It was very handsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in a phone booth and he's fucking feeling her No, out. no, I, I get you. Yeah, he's got pussy fingers. <laughs> Excuse um, me while I eat more but it's of this kind bagel. Of, it's kind of dropped. You know, like they yes. don't really... It's one... I mean, again, and it's this weird mix of like, like you say, stately, mm-hmm. Oscar Beatty, yeah. prestige, yeah. and then that, that Dobkin shit charm where he's like, what if you fucked your daughter by mistake? Whoa! Because <laughs> this plot line is, 
exclusively played for laughs. It is, and it, it's exclusively played for Downey to do his classic, like, uh, oh, um, uh, did uh, I, uh, uh, wait, He's, did like, I trying to ask daughter? the questions around it. It's, like, nervous, like, uh, comedy I, of manners. Oh, like, one question. Uh, yeah, how old, uh, how old uh, are you, 20? Uh, oh. what, what, what kind of genes do you think she has? Like, it's uh, that kind of, like, uh, um, uh, uh, it's all played like that. Anyway, ultimately, it's revealed that she's Vincent D'Onofrio's daughter. Yeah, that is <laughs> high school sweetheart. Yeah. So he didn't fuck his fuck daughter. He fucked his, his niece. <laughs> he fucked it's okay. <laughs> and the movie treats it like, what a success. Yeah, they're like, phew. Not, oh, my brother slept with my girlfriend who I was in love with at the time before Whatever. I left her and broke her heart. He dumped her. And also, I maybe fucked my niece. <laughs> and then that's it. They're, then they're, that's not, doesn't come up. He doesn't even, how does this movie even end? Is he going to move back or not? Um... Well, it's it's, uh, it's kind of implied God. that he's going to move back in town, right? Yeah, um, with his daughter. The, probably. the dad ends up he he, he get he gets uh, convicted of manslaughter. Squeezes the confession out of him. And no, I, no, no. There's this horrible scene where yeah, he's cross-examined. Yeah, no, I, I hated this scene. It's like you know what it reminded me most of the scene in Big Daddy where Adam Sandler tells his dad how much he loved him on the stand oh, during. I, yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. I love that scene. It's, it, it works in Big Daddy. It works it's in over Big the Daddy. top, but it works in it Big Daddy. Well, yeah, because Big Daddy's a, a ribald comedy. <laughs> Big Daddy's so awful. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's a scene where Downey cross-examines his dad because his dad's like, only guilty people don't take the stand. And, you know, he asks him some basic questions. Billy Bob Thornton asks him some questions. It's kind of going nowhere. And then Do- Robert Duvall basically just confesses on the stand. Well, like, no, I think I hit him. You're forgetting what the plot point is, how he gets it out of him. Uh, go ahead. He uh, goes, and your memory is intact. Have you been experiencing chemo? No, 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 no. My memory is perfect, this and that. Yeah. And he goes, let me ask you a question. What's the name of your bailiff? Yeah, no, right. Well, Set that, that, up from yes. the first scene. Yeah, right, right. The bailiff who he's had at his side for and like 30 says, years. Right, it's like his old friend, the bailiff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and when, and and when he like, can't remember the I'd name like of the bailiff. Yeah. yeah, it's like open and shut. This guy has a fucking faulty memory. Right. They still and, convict him. No, but you then you forget. Then there's 20 minutes of them monologuing to each other of like, why did you convict this guy? You yeah. know, why did you let him off easy the first time? Because he reminded time? me of you. He reminded me of you, and I wanted to give him a second chance. He was chance. a troubled kid. Oh, God. And then after I saw what he did to that girl, I became tough on you because I wouldn't let you it's, become it's, that. It's, it's, by the way, I just want to say this movie is a lot worse than Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. The no last question. Film. Because, yeah, it's just, they're just reading out, like, their character motivations. Yep. And uh, it's, it's horribly acted, especially yep. on Duvall's part. Um, and you know what this movie doesn't have any anyway he gets manslaughter he goes, any yeah. of at all uh, spaceships <laughs> very true where are the spaceships which like we were burned out on fan mass by the end but you watch something like the jar, judge and you go like well any movie with spaceships is kind of cool yeah it's like kind of cool it is it's true yeah even if it was this whole movie just set on a spaceship it'd be a little better I love smart adult dramas oh yeah sure uh, uh, a this movie, is a dumb adult drama right which I hate yeah. I'd rather take a, a dumb spaceship movie than a dumb adult drama anyway Duval gets manslaughter four years in the slammer after seven months. Robert, he admits that he did it consciously. Too. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Downey Jr. It doesn't matter. Nobody, it doesn't you matter. don't really care it because the movie is like the guy kills a piece of shit anyway. Don't worry about yeah. it. Like Grace Zabriskie has this weird uh, performance in the background as the dead guy's mother, right? Where she's kind of like undercut as like this like manipulative lying scumbag she's he's like I visited him all the time in prison yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is like you visited him twice in 20 years so you can shut up bereaved mother of the yeah. deceased fair weathered friend <laughs> anyway yeah Duval goes to prison after seven months Downey springs him I guess for a fishing trip even though he's in prison 
I thought it was he was being released early for good. After seven months? That's pretty may, good behavior. Yeah, maybe really it's good behavior. Anyway, He's maybe, a judge. He told other people, he gave him folksy lessons. In maybe jail. it's because he is literally dying of cancer. He looks yeah. terrible. He's yeah. all like purple. And, right. They uh, do they, some awful makeup on oh, him. And then they take a fishing trip and he dies during the fishing trip. And does he say, I love you? He says something and nice they, right they, before They he have dies. a nice little comment. I really wish that the movie ended with Danny Jr. just kicking Duval into the, into the lake. <laughs> you know, he's dead. Fine. Boom. Anyway. Final the moment. End. Yeah, he says whatever his thing is, like you know, when a judge dies, I keep the flag up, and I want them to keep the flag up, and they they put the flag up, and it's like, oh great, and they go to the funeral, and the final moment of the film is, Dandre walks through the the courthouse. Oh, it's like a sacred place. This mm-hmm. is where Dad works. He starts- He's finally understood who his dad was, and he sort of gets up there in the box, and he starts spinning around the, the chair, chair, and the chair keeps on spinning around, and he's sort of looking at it. And that's the final shot, is like, is he going to move back here? Is right. he going to become the judge? Who is cares? he just reconciling? Like, who cares? I don't care. Question, do you think they were trying to set up a sequel? Do oh, you think- judge too! <laughs> judge Jr. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, or a TV show. <laughs> a TV show. I would totally watch a TV show about Robert Downey Jr. as an irascible small town judge. Yeah, I would too. I, like if his career had not taken off again, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. you know. I'd I would watch also, that. I would also watch a season of a TV show in which Robert Downey Jr. played a hotshot lawyer, and that season is called Alan McBeal season four. That, that's true. That's and another he's great option. In it. You can just watch that watch instead. It. He's very Good. slick and he's funny, and he doesn't play a piece of garbage. And there's one episode that's a musical, and you get to see him sing, and he's a great singer. He's a great singer. He yep. released a couple albums of uh, jazz standards. Just, just the one, but it's pretty good. It's called, it's called the, the Modern. The, it's the called Futurist. The Futurist. The yeah. Futurist. Um. Anyway, Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. Thoughts. Um, you know, you're saying he was going for the Oscar because I'm yeah. pretty sure he is phoning this in. I disagree. You think I, he's going for it? I think I he's don't think really he's going for it. phoning in, but I yeah. think he's just kind of doing his shtick. I think it's so easy for him. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. It's always funny. I think he's working really hard, but there's a thing of like I think artists always need to strive for a little bit above what they've done before. Yeah. I think every single project you do in any fucking medium, whatever you're doing, if you've done something well before, you get laziness. It's why so many sequels are shitty, because the director goes, oh, I made this once, I know how to do it again. again. I can just do it again. I can repeat it. And even if they think they're really, they put their heart in it, they're working really hard, there's that tension that comes from when there's something at stake. I've never tried something like this before, something at this scale before, or whatever it is. And Diane Jr., it it syncs up with those comments in that interview where he's like, me winning an Oscar, it's inevitable. It's a matter of time, I'm going to get the part. So he just read the script and went, oh, this is a part I can kill. This is an Oscar-y movie. Weird weird thing, though. Not really. I mean, you look at the last 15 years of Oscars. Yeah, they don't reward this kind of stuff that much. No, and even the best picture winners of the last whatever years are like the artist and the hurt locker and like no country for all men you know i mean sure. like some good some bad but they're not really like this the last sort of like very uh, sort of uh, mannered beautiful mind uh, um yeah and i'd say king's speech falls into that oh, king's too speech. Yeah, but that's yeah, yeah. the british tony thing yeah. Brit- Brit- you know king's and, and beautiful british mind is, is like yeah. biopic it's like yeah. historic figure there hasn't been a movie like the judge that's really sweet the oscars in a long time and what i find interesting about it is it's specifically the kind of shitty Oscar movie that was getting attention and like slam dunk nominations for shitty performances for Downey Jr.'s contemporaries at the time that he was spiraling out of control. Fair enough. In the 90s, when he was failing to make good on the promise he had as a movie star, he was seeing like. These were the prestige movies. These not, Yeah, I you know, know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I mean, the movie kind of looks like. A civil action, which yes. uh, Robert Duvall was nominated for, which yes. he's fantastic in. It's yes. not a great movie yeah. uh, with Travolta. Yeah. Another really well, Conrad Hall shot it. It's a really good looking movie. 
But but it feels like he's like oh, the fucking I want to make an Ed Zwick or Steve is, Zalian or yeah, like a yeah. this, this is the problem with this movie. It is too shitty. You know, it's like yeah. a stately legal drama and an annoying like my dad doesn't love me drama. If he's working through his issues like in this which performance, I think he is, he, which yeah. he might be. It doesn't really show because he kind of just keeps up the Downey Jr. force field all yes. the time, like the kind of charming. Even when he's mad and he's like, "You're such a fucking bad dad," and he punches thing. Like you know, he's still doing. He's also such an unlikable character. It. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. lose it. He's such an unlikable character. There's one moment in that scene where he gets kind of real. I remember like sitting there for like five seconds, being like, "Oh, that feels a little real yeah. and a little raw." But literally five seconds within two hours and twenty five oh, minutes God, of a fucking so movie. Um, now, we should say Duval was nominated for an Oscar. Which is bananas. It is crazy because, I mean, I think they just were like, oh, sure. Because he's just. Tell the audience what I'm doing. Right it, now. He's pointing to a banana. I'm holding up a banana because it's bananas. It is bananas. I mean, it really felt like just some kind of default, like, sure. You know, the, the veteran gets it. Yeah. Why not? And he's nominated with Edward Norton for Birdman. Sure. One of his finest performances in a movie I hate, but a great performance. Good performance. Ethan Hawke in Boyhood. Probably his best work ever. So good in that movie. Mark Ruffalo in uh, Foxcatcher. I mean, just one of the best actors. Incredible Incredible in that, but also great in everything. And then J.K. Simmons, who won for Whiplash. Performance of a lifetime. I mean, one of the most iconic performances of the last 10 years. Absolutely. And then... The judge and the judge, and I can't. I mean, I'm my memory's lapsing me after fucking like eight months of us obsessively handicapping these things to each other. There but were I feel other like better. There were other people who were sort of like in the running who yeah. were worthy, who were in films that were seen, yeah. and were recognized. Um, all, all, all of that is is so annoying. And and there's sort of the argument of like, well, it's Duvall. They now name for everything. Civil Action was previously his last nomination. There was almost is 20 that right? years. Is that right? Civil Action, I think, is 97, and this I was 2000. Isn't The Apostle in between those? He's really good I believe The Apostle's before. Is it? That's fair. I think Civil Action was his last one. You know what he's fantastic in is Open Range. He's so good in that. Um, uh, uh, Get Low, a lot of people thought he was close to getting yeah, a nomination. He's okay in that. He's That's okay. more of a yeah. classic kind of grumpy uh, right. Duval. But my point is God, like- he makes so many bad movies. You're right. Civil Action, 98, and uh, The Apostle, 97, which he is so good in. He directed that film. That's a terrific film. Nobody talks about it anymore. I think Duval's great. I think he's one of the finest actors of all time. Absolutely. He has one Oscar. He makes a lot of shitty movies, though. Yeah, but so- I mean, fucking De Niro and no Pacino be- and whatever. I have whatever. no beef. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. like, you know- I, I he's th- happy to phone right. it in. Well, but here's the thing. I think Duvall phoning it in is better than a lot of his contemporaries. Because we like to watch him yell. We like to watch Duvall be like grumpy old Duvall. And he's and always he been is in this so naturalistic. Yeah. You know, so Absolutely. small but so emotionally deep. There's a real well of feeling within him, whether he's yelling or he's sad, he's broken, he's angry, whatever it is. There's he's a very engaging screen presence. Yep. De Niro when he's phoning it in really is sleepwalking. That's true. And Pacino when he's phoning it in is just yelling. Way over you know, the top. to talk yep. about two of the other guys who came up around the same time as him is sort of this new wave the of, of method guys. actors. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The Godfather uh, boys. Um, Godfather boys. <laughs> Godfather boys. Duval's so good in the Godfather. Um movies. but yes. Oh, oh, uh, Tom oh Hagen is is one of my favorite characters oh. ever. And he's so restrained in those films. So restrained. I mean, it's beautiful beautiful work. And he only didn't win because the other Godfather people won. No. Was uh, he nominated for both of them? He was nominated for the first, not for the second. Okay, so yeah. the first one he loses to. That year, Khan, Duvall, and Pacino were all nominated in for supporting, supporting actor. And they all lost to and Cabaret. Oh, which is a great performance. Yeah. Um, my point is, uh, the argument that, oh, they just nominate Duvall for everything doesn't hold any water. You could go, well, this is a meatier part that he's no, gotten yeah, yeah, in a while, but it's a yeah. shitty meaty part. Yeah. It's a piece of shitty meat. It's a fucking uh. horse steak. It's eating a, a garbage piece of fucking cat rib. I don't know. 
You know, it's like gar- gar- garbage meat. What's this movie, Wild Horses, season next year, though? I know, that sounds out. cool. James Franco's in it. Um, I, I Like, wh- why why now be like, oh, you know what, Duvall is doing good work. And my argument is, if you're going to um, nominate him for The Judge, then you should retroactively nominate him for literally every movie he's done the last 20 years. Because he is no better or yeah, worse in The Judge than he is in Jack Reacher. But Like, he's fine in Jack Reacher, and he's yeah, fine in this. He's a great actor. part of it is what we're talking about. Like, he does a scene where he, he shits himself and gets, like, washed <laughs> off naked in a shower. Yeah. And, like, he has, like, a couple of, like, I remember, I think his Oscar clip was that scene where he's yelling at, uh, Downey in like during the tornado. We yes. forgot about the tornado. Oh, Jesus. There's the, where they, like suddenly they're like, it's a tornado and they have to like go into the basement and then they have a fight. They have to, they have a fight so bad that they have to leave the tornado shelter and go fight out in the open. And an homage to everyone's favorite father son scene from Man of Steel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Warner Brothers has become awesome. the go to studios for tornado fights. Tornado fights between fathers and sons. Anyway, and yeah, that's a scene where he's like, oh, boo hoo, I didn't come to your graduation. Well, fuck you, I paid for it. Or And it's, you know. Again, you're like, you could have gone to his graduation. Look, look, graduation, bro. Anyway, I hate this movie. I can't believe you made me watch it. I had to watch it the same day I watched Entourage the movie, which um, is a better movie than The Judge. Wow. Um, it's really bad. So a new question to present for you before we try to answer our, our major question and then never talk about The Judge ever again. Never. And for any of our listeners who actually watch The Judge. We're so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. sorry, and thank you. And we won't test your loyalty this much going forward. But I do think— Yeah, we won't. That's true. You will learn something from seeing this movie. It will give you a, a needed perspective. It's like uh, what Einstein said, we need to drop the atomic bomb once so that we never dropped it ever again. Yeah, I just want to make this clear. Yeah, we're not doing a podcast about bad movies. No, that's, that's not, not our what intention this at all. Is. Yeah. I find this one fascinating. We're going to cover some of our favorite pieces of art of all time. Definitely. We're going to cover interesting failures. Yeah. Our job here is not just to shit on things and then wash the shit off our legs with a shower handle. That's not <laughs> what we're here to do. But I needed to share this movie with people because no yep. one fucking saw it. I watched it out of completism. I wanted to see all the nominees for the Oscars. Yeah, I even yeah. watched the fucking documentary shorts and everything. I watched literally everything last year. The Judge was the last one I watched. I watched it with my roommate. And he resented me for making it. He had a tough day at work, and he was like, hey, you want to watch some TV? And I was like, what if we watch The Judge? Yep. So you saw a screener. I did. SAG screener. I got a SAG screener of The yep. Judge. Yeah, it was the, after it had been nominated. Yep. I had to vo- vote in the SAG Awards. Who did you vote for? Uh, I forgot to vote this year. <laughs> you idiot. I'm obsessed with awards. I forgot to vote. But here would have been my choices. I would have gone J.K. Simmons, Patricia Arquette, Rosamund Pike, and Jake Gyllenhaal. That's pretty good. Jill Hall was nominated for the SAGs and not for the Oscars. Yeah. And that was my... I didn't like Nightcrawler. Maybe we can talk about it. Later. I love that performance. Yeah. It's um, like, a pretty good performance. Cumberbatch would have been my runner up. I think that was. A, oh, a, I didn't like I, I, I hate that movie. I think it's a beautiful performance. Weirdly, I like the movie. Okay. I hate. I don't hate the performance. So I don't think much of it. It's okay. No, he's pretty good. You know what? Whatever. This is a perfect lead into the big question I want to ask you. Oh, go ahead. David, we've been friends for like a little over two years now. Is that right? Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, more than two years. Right. But we became fast friends and deep friends. We very quickly were very like. True. We became friends because. Uh, uh, Alyssa Stonoa, mm-hmm. uh, yes. a, a, f- a friend of the Gethard Show, mm-hmm. uh, followed both of us on Twitter. I think we followed each other and pointed out that we were tweeting very similar things at the same time. Uh, yeah, especially about our uh, respective crushes on um, Winona Ryder and Beetlejuice. Right. Yep. Either when we were that age or aging her up to present day. No, I think it was when we were that age. But anyway. Yeah. Um, and was like, are you guys not friends? And then we started yeah, right, DMing, right. We sliding into your DMs. Like, we slid into the DMs. Yeah. Saw some movies together, got drinks, had a fun time. They started going to this trivia night together, became right. obsessive. It took over our lives for about a year. Yep. 
Um, we both sort of felt like we need to step away from it because we were failing in other aspects. That's true. <laughs> Responsibilities as men. And uh, uh, one of the reasons we want to do this podcast together was to find a reason to spend time together. We love analyzing these things. We thought we could make something out of it so we're not just jawing about chewing the fat yeah. or turn to something else that people might like. It's a great excuse for us to hang out on a weekly I basis. I, I, I am really touched that people actually like listening to it. Me too. It's so much fun. Is the, does the fact that I made you watch The Judge, will it have irreparable damage on our friendship going No, forward? not at all. No? No. I felt a little guilty. Last night when I realized you were watching The Judge, I was like, this I this is actually maybe a big ask for a good friend. Please. No. No, not at all. I love watching these movies. Come on. Oh, come on. I love watching movies like that, even, if, I even when I hate them. Even I when I have to watch Entourage the same night and review it for The Atlantic. Still happy to do it. But here's the question. Go ahead. Did Don Jr. really think this was going to win him an know. Oscar? I don't know what he was I, thinking. But that's crazy, right? Because his part's not even that showy. I mean, no. Duvall's the good part. Yeah, Duvall's the good part. In, in quotes. You know, it's it the is. Oscar-y yeah, 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 yeah. role. It's know. not a well-written role. He played it to the I best it could Duvall, be played. I think I mean, Downey must have thought, like, this movie will be a big hit, it'll get good reviews, and I'll coast to a nomination based on that. I guess. I don't know. Well, best know. case scenario, he's the Tom Cruise to the Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman and yeah. Rain Man. I mean, it's like he's the support part to make someone else look better. Does he think, well, Duvall's going to win the Lifetime Achievement Award, yeah, the second Oscar before he dies, and I get best picture? Yeah, no, Down, what is, what Downey's out of his mind. Here's what you got to do. Biopic, yeah. you know, like you did with Chaplin, something where you're really physically testing yourself as an actor. Buster Keaton. Hey, man, that's actually a pretty good idea. He'd be great old, sad Buster Keaton. Oh. When Buster Keaton wasn't allowed like, to, funny, he fucked up, he, he got sold to MGM, and they made him do talkies with Jimmy yeah. Durante, yeah, and he wasn't yeah, good yeah. at it. And he had this really gravelly voice, and everyone was thrown off by the fact that Buster Keaton, who like looked like an angel, was like, I don't know where this beer is coming from. <laughs> this is the thing. If Downey Jr., just free advice, Robbie, yeah. and come on the... Old uh, sad t- come on the show anytime. I love you, Robert. Friend Downey of the Jr. podcast, one of, favorite, Jr. one of my favorite actors. You've made it very clear we love him. Uh, I'm sorry we shot all over your movie for an hour and twenty minutes. Um, but you know your movie was two hours and twenty minutes. Anyway, oh, but we could have gone longer. Um, he's got to do something where he doesn't do the Robert Downey Jr. thing. Agreed. Like that's the thing that's holding him back. Yes, like, he needs to not rely on his natural charisma, his mm-hmm. natural kind of like screen magnetism, and do something where people are like, whoa, like that's Robert Downey Jr. I can't believe it. I believe that's that, what impresses you know, yes. awards oh, voters. Yes, I believe that the cornerstone to getting an acting nomination, especially a win, is to surprise people. Yes, because surprise. Robert Downey Jr. should have been nominated for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He should have mm. been nominated for Iron Man. Those are magnetic screen performances. The Marvel movies literally are on the back of his performance in Iron Man, yeah. where it's like, here's a guy who makes a comic book character seem like a human being but also seem like a comic book character and like fun and like in charge of like you know like kind of like witty and zingy and ugh and he notoriously rewrote and or improvised most of the dialogue right. in that film and it's great it He's was the so bare good. structure of the script and he was like I don't want to say these things this way yeah. and, and reworked every scene is playing with great actors. He's awesome in it. That's a thing that people realize down the line. Like, oh, we should have given him more credit for what he was doing there, especially in the so first good. one. And he's you know? great in Tropic Thunder too, which is like you know he yeah. gets nominated but that's, for but a that's thing a where surprise. he's yeah he's out of right. his mind in that right. Movie. So I think there are like two different types. It's like oh, I've never seen this actor be this good before. I'm surprised because I've never seen it them kill it this hard. Right. Or I've never seen them even try to play something like this. Yeah. And Meryl Streep, everyone goes, oh, they nominated for everything. They nominated for everything. She's it's always fucking nomination. doing crazy things. She's always doing something different. Every year when the like the slam dunk Meryl nomination film comes out with its trailer, and I'm like, what is it this time? I go, 
that actually is something I haven't seen her do before. Right. And I'm not saying she's always good, but she is always at least There's always changing a surprise. Oh, I didn't know she could play that kind of thing, you know? She's doing a different dialect. She physically transforms herself. All these kinds of things, you know? Yep. You need that element. And Donnie Jr. is so cynically trying to give the people what he thinks they want based off of the movies he wasn't allowed to make in the 90s because he was doing too much heroin. And what he needs to do is surprise us. Work with someone who's going to push him out of his boundaries. Not a fucking David Dobkin who's got dumb instincts and also he can probably step over if Donnie Jr. wants to, like, overpower him. But someone like Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, who's not going to let him coast— even Sam Raimi. Even Sam Raimi. He actually would have been great in Oz the Great and Powerful. He would have been great. And that movie would have been 40% better if he was in it. Still would have been bad. But it would have been 40% better, which yep. means it would have been 40% good. Right. It's maybe 10% good. Yeah. It's no. got a couple of good Raimi good. touches. Yeah. The yeah. opening is actually beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Zach Braff's weirdly kind of funny in it. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not giving you that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut that. He plays a monkey. Yeah, yep, please it. cut it. He plays a porcelain monkey. Yeah, put a lightsaber. No, the no, little no, girl's, the girl's porcelain. porcelain. Right, right. Uh, put in a lightsaber effect and cut that out. He plays like a monkey in a bellhop uniform. Yeah, and no. also don't mention my dad's financial problems, Ben. Let's not talk about those. Right, don't mention those on Mike, Ben. That, that's the judge, too. That's true. <laughs> Griffin Newman yeah. and his dad get, and yeah. his dad's mad at him because yeah. he keeps talking on the podcast. Yeah. About Judging his dad's my dad's finances, and the poster's me like this going, oh boy. <laughs> All right, we have gone really long. We needed to. And uh, we should never speak of this movie again. We should solemnly swear never up. to talk about it. It's in the, the Disney judge. vault. We're never it's talking about vault. it ever yep, again. Lock it down. Um, <laughs> and next week, we're going to talk clones. about Star Wars Episode 2. Attack of the Clones. Dose. Attack of the Clones. And mm-hmm. I think I think an interesting angle to hit it at for the first week to give you a little teaser of what's coming is how does Episode 2 function as a sequel? Yeah. I want to next week just review it as a sequel. And we can just talk about our first impressions of this film. Right. And and what we thought would happen in a second Star Wars movie and what does happen in it. Whew. A special guest, Cody and Molly, are going to be on mic. <laughs> no, they are not. No, they're not. They, I don't think they've spoken to each other in like eight years. Um, th- thank you all very much for listening. Uh, next week we'll do Star Wars stuff that you like. And producer Ben, the Poet Laureate. Yep. Of Griffin David Presents. Closing thoughts. Judging the Judge. Closing thoughts. You watched the first half of this movie, gave up, said it was garbage. Yep. I really could not uh, keep watching. Uh, But, hey, there was a great shit scene. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. And as always, keep on wiping that shit. On the beats, the parts I'm not singing, will you keep on repeating Judge? Uh, Sure. Judge, 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 Judge. 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 Judge, 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 judge. judge. I'm Bob Duvall! <laughs> 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 <laughs>